This is Tony Berluti. You're listening to the Moto X Pod Show. I'm Justin Barsha, and you're listening to the Moto X Pod Show. I cut my back to the wall, and now I'm slipping. I'm trying to deal with the thoughts in my condition. And still, I try to hang on to what I'm missing. But something's setting me off. Somebody listen. listen. I've been running from fate without a lifeline. But now I'm in the wrong place at the wrong time. Trying to find an escape. Look What's up? We are back with episode 105 of the Moto X Pod Show, brought to you by Torque One Racing. Torque One Racing is providing high-quality, economical performance parts. Check out TorqueOneRacing.com for grips, pegs, handlebars, shifters, brake pedals, and more. Johnny and Torque One Racing has a passion for the racing industry, so follow them on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. And also, as always, Shock Socks, MX Girl Designs, All Sport Dynamics, Wrist Braces, Mad Jack Synthetics, Dane Evans, Independent Amsoil Dealer, Fly Racing, and Power Band Racing. Guys, if you are running WP Suspension and you need your WP Suspension serviced, worked on, repaired, hit Power Band Racing up. They are just gave away a free uh, servicing, and it's, I mean, that's pretty rad, dude. That's expensive, uh, you know, service work needs to be done. We're giving one away a month, so yeah, check out Power Band Racing if you're using that WP suspension. Um, tonight on the show, we've got a really great show. We've got Miss Jordan Jarvis. We have Benny Bloss. Doc G uh, was supposed to be on. I promoted that. He had to reschedule. We're going to record that tomorrow night and try to release it along with a Zach Osborne interview tomorrow night. Um, and then we've got privateer josh cartwright and the one and only daniel blair coming on he's filling in since doc g had to reschedule but i appreciate daniel so that's that's cool it's coming up it's gonna be a good show um jordan jarvis is the current women's champion you know they did away with the women's series this year which is kind of a bummer i mean it's a big bummer because those ladies work their butts off and we're gonna talk to her a little bit about all that we have our Cherby's winner. We we announced that today, Mr. Brad Ryman. He answered the trivia question from the podium last week, or a couple weeks ago probably, and he won the uh, Cherby's plastic kit. Uh, don't forget, we're giving away that helmet still. We have just a few days left in that contest. If you have not entered, post a picture on Instagram of yourself and your buddies riding. Tag yourself, your buddies, Moto X Pod Show. Tag Extreme Colors, and we'll, we'll pick a winner on Saturday of that Fly F2 Carbon Helmet, custom painted by Kirk Hunter at Extreme Colors. So guys, we're just over a week away from A1. I'm in studio myself, by myself, so not really any conversation to be had tonight with TJ. He's out working, uh, or anybody else. Couldn't get really get anybody else in, in the schedule tonight. was kind of all over the place with the, the guys. Everybody's getting ready for A1. Very busy, so... It's a little unorganized, but we're going to knock this out and have it posted here shortly. And don't forget about Patreon.com, uh, supporting our, your the show. If you love the show, like the show, enjoy it. We really appreciate all your support. Patreon supporters get some bonus content, and they've got some prizes in the past. It's pretty cool. It's just a way to show us that you you know want to help out. It helps us get to some of these events and get more content. Uh, means a lot to us, as I always say. So go to Patreon.com, search out the Moto X Pod show, and you could donate as little as a dollar a month. We've had a couple new subscribers recently, uh, and as mu- up to as much as you'd like. It just it, it goes a long way in what we're trying to do. 
Um, so yeah, you know how we feel about it. Support all our sponsors, Fly Racing, Shock Socks, MX Girl Designs, Allsport Dynamics, Mad Jack Synthetics, Power Band Racing, Torque One Racing. But anyway, we're gonna, I'm going to take a quick break, and we will be back with J- Jordan Jarvis. All right, we're back with our first guest of the night, and she is brought to you by Shock Socks, the original and number one 10-second removable fork seal protector. No one likes replacing leaky fork seals, so ask your local dealer to go to burnmotorsports.com and follow them on Instagram. Our first guest of the night is one of the fastest women riders in the world right now. She has a long, long list of accomplishments, over 50 major event titles, AMA Female Racer of the Year, Loretta Lynn's Women's Champion, women's motocross champion numerous other championships there's a list that's so long i could do a whole interview just on that but miss jordan jarvis also known as jj how are you tonight i'm doing very well how are you i'm doing good your your list of accomplishments is mind-blowing thank you it's uh it's been it's been a long ride for sure but it's been a good ride yeah, um, I've been doing this for quite a while, so to have as much accomplished as I have, I'm I'm very honored to uh, to have all the people backing me, and uh, I'm very honored to have done all that I have and seen all the places that I have. Yeah, and you you did all of this while attending public school. I did. <laughs> I uh, I have just recently finished my last semester in public high school. That in in and of itself is very impressive. You know, we know in the in the the boys class, most of those guys are homeschooled, and and they seem to you know it seems to be the way people are going now, where they spend most of their time riding. But you're proving that you can still go to public school, be quote unquote a normal kid, and still kick some butt. It's been a it's been difficult. That's for sure. Um, I think I miss probably close to two months of school every year, so it yeah. makes it hard. And I have to keep good grades, you know, for my parents' sake, for my sake, and uh, uh, for my principal's sake as well. Um, if I didn't complete my classes with a good grade, they wouldn't allow me to miss as many school days as I did. So I'm very, very grateful to my principals over the years that yeah. have helped me accomplish all this. But it, it's been tough, and uh, I'm... I'm learning now. I was a little upset with it when I was younger, you know, seeing sure. all these kids, you know, get to ride every day. It's like, yeah, I'd like to do that too. But uh, I've learned that, you know, you have to go to school. You have to learn how to speak correctly, how to, you know, <laughs> just do daily things that you don't get to do when when you're not training slowly. No, you're... So it was... It was tough, but it was worth it for sure. Yeah, you're 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 correct, and your parents. I think that's a really good decision. I just got off the phone with Josh Cartwright a little bit ago, who just you know he's racing privateer. Um, he's been racing Supercross the last couple of years and going to college at FSU because you know his parents want him to go to school. And I think that's really a that's just a good parenting. I think it's really, and I'm not saying it's a bad parent that puts her kid in homeschool, but I think in the long term. Being at a public school and, and focusing on education is just really, it's honestly, it's more important than racing, even if racing is going to be your career. It's just school is very important. It's just all the bottom line. So you, you guys did good. I definitely agree. You know, it doesn't matter who you are. Unfortunately, motocross doesn't last forever. So you have to be prepared for life after racing. And uh, going to school definitely is extremely important. Yeah, well, that's that. I'm glad that you had that focus. But let's talk about some of these this racing. 
Uh, you know, what age did you get on a motorcycle, and at what age did you hit your first race? Um, I think I got my first bike when I was four, but I didn't actually start riding or racing until I was five. Okay, and that was that something that was just in the family? Was your 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 dad into riding, and is that how it got started? Yeah, my dad got me into it, and uh, my sister actually started riding about the same time I did. So it, it turned into a family event, that's for sure. Do you think that they ever could have imagined that you'd end up where you are right now with all these championships? No, I <laughs> I don't think they uh, they saw that. But, you know, I've, I've always loved the sport. I've always loved that you could just get on a bike and forget about everything and just go out and have fun and, you know, rip around on a dirt bike, do what you love. Is that what drew you to it the most, just that it was, I mean, it was just fun and it's kind of freeing a little bit? It is, and I was a, I was a very competitive kid yeah. when I was younger. I did all types of sports. I did basketball, I did soccer, I did ball. I think I got into softball a little bit, and, you know, it all kind of dwindled down into motocross, and I'm glad it did because I don't know what I'd be doing with myself <laughs> right now if I didn't have motocross. Well, yeah, you're you're doing it right, though. I mean, what do you think about the state of women's motocross right now? I mean, unfortunately, they you know they disbanded the women's WMX series for at least for now. Um, and in the last couple of years, they've just kind of been pushing the ladies back a little bit. As far as you know, years ago, it was on on Saturday with the with the boys, and, and then they moved it, and there was less and less races. Uh, you know, why do you think that is? Because it seems like there's a ton of women that are racing. I was lucky enough to grow up watching the women's be on pro day. So that really draws my interest into, you know, and unfortunately, yeah, like you said, it's not what it used to be. And honestly, I don't think there's as many women that are racing to be the best. I think there's right. a lot of women that are out there riding but I don't think they're racing because they don't see a point to it. I think in order to get the women's racing back to what it was, there has to be something to draw them back into it like it was when I was little. Unfortunately, I think that's going to take some time, but I think with the women and the girls that are in this generation now and that are growing up, I think that we've got a good shot at bringing it back to what it used to be. Well, I certainly hope so because yeah, I got to yeah, you know, I watched a lot of those races. I got to see Ashley and Jessica Patterson battle at Freestone, and I mean the ladies put on a hell of a good show. I mean, you know, there, there's always good battles on the track, and you know, some aren't as fast as others. There, there's a big gap usually from first to last, but same thing in the in the men's class. And I just think it's important to me. It's important to have someone for the ladies, the women who want to have a to be able to compete at it and have somewhere for them to go, you know, to for the little girls to see that, hey, people support this also. I agree with you completely. I, uh, I've, been, I've been lucky enough to get the chance to know Ashley Follick and Jessica Patterson on a personal level. I, uh, I've talked to Ashley. I've rode with her and Jessica multiple times. Mm-hmm. So I was very fortunate in that aspect to get to know them and get to know some of the other women that actually raced in that time. And I looked up to them in a huge way, and I really don't think I would have accomplished anything that I have now without having someone to look up to like that. So my goal as a female racer is to give the younger girls and the women 
somebody to look up to like I had and right. hopefully give them the same hopes and dreams that I had when I was little to give them something to hope for. And, and how do you see, I know you do that through some of your social media and I know there's some charities that you're involved with, but how, how do you see, or what can you do and what can fail do and AMA to improve that where the, the younger girls do see that, Hey, we have these heroes, these girls we can look up to that are going to school and they're racing and they're champions and, and they're just as cool and just as athletic as the boys like how do you how do you see that happen how can we do that i do think that this falls to the women racers as well as feld and everybody else mm-hmm. I, I do think that us women do need to put more effort into you know speaking out for ourselves you know putting putting some words in here and there you know making ourselves know just a little bit more um we're like me and my family and friends of ours, we have friends of ours that are in Arena Cross or what Arena Cross used to be in, right. in Cell. And we're working on getting closer to Cell and talking to them. And we know that they would love to do something for the women, but we just need more support. Sure. I really do think that it's all going to come down to the women and all it's all going to come down to us you know, speaking up and saying something and getting more female riders racing and yeah. more female riders in pushing and wanting to be the best. And that's going to take some time. I do realize that. So I think it's going to be time for the women riders now to just break barriers. Um, you know, some of the younger girls come up, start racing the boys' classes like me and some other women have, and you know, start racing with the guys and start beating them and <laughs> showing them that we can do it too. Yeah, yeah, that's that's a really cool thing. I was going to ask you about racing with the boys um, in the classes. Like, are, is there any? Has there ever been a moment where any of the guys maybe look that you felt like they were looking down upon you or trying to intimidate you, or were you pretty welcomed? There's a little bit of both. I unfortunately don't like to say that I have lost friends over the years, mostly when I was younger, but I've lost some guy friends over the years because I did end up beating them. And, <laughs> you know, that that's unfortunate, but then I've also had these other friends that I've had with all the time, and we're still really close. Yeah. It's, just, it's good for everybody. It's someone else to race again. Well, but, yeah. you know, guys do tend to look down on the women. They tend to, oh, you know, she's not anything. She, we don't have to worry about her. But then we go out there and we start racing. And we're like, oh, yeah. she is somebody. We can't have this. I'm going to go take her out. Or I'm going to go be stupid and do something that could potentially get both of us hurt. And that does happen quite often. But honestly, to me, that just makes me push harder because that makes me more aggravated that they do look at women differently. Yeah. I wish that they would just look at us the same as they look at other guys. It's just competition. And, and I think in time, or I'd like to think that in time that will happen, but guys just have fragile egos. And you'll, <laughs> as you get older, you'll see that, and it doesn't take very much to shatter our egos, and we don't like that. Um, I mean, I can, re- I can remember in my, I guess I was probably 17-ish, and racing here in Texas, and the fastest girl in the world at the time, uh, at least we thought she was, was Christy Sheely. 
she was the women's champion at the time and she raced here in Tyler and she blew by me in practice and I was extremely embarrassed and I don't know why she was better. I mean, it just is what it is, but yeah, my ego was, my ego just couldn't handle it. But I think if ladies like yourself keep doing what you're doing and keep being as, you know, as impressive as you are, that people will come around. It just, it, it will take time. Like you say, um, what do you think about the Makeup to Mud series that Feld put on last year and, and they're doing again this year? you think that's a good thing? I do. I think they need to focus more on people who actually do race. Yeah. Not, I mean, by all means, it's great to see all these women riders. It, it is good, but I do think that they should be focusing more on, you know, people who are actually racing that can use this recognition that can use people seeing them and potentially sponsors seeing them. I think that would be more helpful um, than it was last year. But either way, you're still getting women up there, so I'm happy. Yeah, I mean, it's kind of, they had, um, like, a friend, a person I became friends with, Taylor Hyman, they had her on early in the season last year, and she's a desert racer, and then I know a couple girls that are going to be on this year, but I do see what you're saying, like, it, it seems like it would have made a lot of sense to have you on, you know, um, maybe have, like, Tara Geiger on from the, you know, past champion, you know, have at, you know, and, and show what the sport was and, sh- and can be. I agree with you. I, uh. I actually don't think I was old enough to do it last year. Um, okay. But no, we we had a friend of ours, Jamie Astillo, was on there last year, mm-hmm. and that was great for her. You know, she got a ton of exposure. It's just, I'm just so happy that they are doing something for women instead of just sitting by and letting us, you know, not be seen for for what we can actually accomplish. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, you know, I, I noticed that in your in some notes that I got on you that you're planning on doing the 2019 Supercross Futures. Um, you know, what are your goals in that? And how much practice, how much time have you had on a Supercross track? Um, I really, I hope to do well. But I know there's going to be a lot of fast A riders. It's going to be difficult. It's going to be pretty difficult. But... I'm going to do my best. I'm going to see what I can do and uh, hopefully get my uh, my Supercross points early on so we can start getting ready for the motocross season. Yeah, because um, you're, you're going to run with the guys next year. That's your goal, I correct? Am. Yeah. yeah. I'm, I'm doing the pro motocross for the 2019 series. That like uh, that's so I'm so excited about that. It's awesome to have. Are you going to try to do every round? Is that the, the plan? Um, most of the ones on the East Coast okay. and some in Texas, or not Texas, I'm not sure, but yeah. we are going to try and do most of them. Okay, awesome. And I assume you're still going to do the amateur, well, if you get your license, I guess, will you still be able to do Freestone and the Amateur Nationals, or is that out? Yes, because that'll, Freestone falls into the Supercross season. Yeah, so yeah, okay. I can still do all the amateur stuff. Awesome, yeah, because that, that's about two hours from uh, us, and I'm definitely going to come down this year. I, I came last year on Friday, I believe, for a little bit, but um, I want to come down. I'd love to meet you in person and watch you ride. Yeah, it, I would be really upset if I didn't get to go. I I really enjoy that track. That's probably one of my favorite tracks, and I would like to meet you as well. Even with you, how do you feel about the humidity? I, it doesn't bother me at all. Whew. I 
I live in North Carolina, so that's oh, right, right. Okay. Yeah, you're used to it. You're used to it. Yeah. It, it's well, just another plus for me <laughs> right yeah definitely i mean you you're doing everything right you're in the right place you're you're what about training what do you, what kind of off the bike what do you do um not nearly as much as i want to but now that i'm out of school i'm gonna get a new training program going and we're we're really gonna change everything up this year and we're really gonna push a lot harder than we have in years past you know how to focus on school as well but now my sole purpose is just focusing on riding right now and getting my points and hopefully making a main event in pro motocross this year. Right. That would be great. Uh, which uh, amateur supercrosses are you planning on attending? Are you going to try to do them all, or are you start? Are you going to be at Glendale? Yeah. We're going to try and do them all. Okay, so Glendale is the first one, round two, which I will actually be there. So I'm definitely I'll come say hi there. Um, I I look forward to that. It's gonna be it's gonna be a lot of fun having them do that at half the rounds and um, you know I, I don't think this year there's gonna be any TV coverage of it, but hopefully in the future with the new NBC Sports Gold app they'll be able to get some of that on the on the app where people could watch that and get a little more exposure for the amateur scene. Oh, I agree with you completely. I'm a little skeptic on how the the track design is going to be because I did a couple of the amateur stuff last year. Right. The tracks were really simple. They weren't very hard at all. Kind of nervous <laughs> for, for the A class. There's going to be a lot of us out there and we're fighting for valuable points. Yes. Getting so it's going to be pretty crazy well the room i think it's gonna be good racing i think it will be too and the rumors are they're not gonna tame it down near as much as they did last year they know that it's for people getting their super cross points and i think it's gonna be a little different i hope so <laughs> i i really do because if it's anything like it was last year it, there's gonna be a lot of chaos that's yeah that's what i heard i didn't make any of them last year but i, I i've heard that and i don't believe it's gonna be the same let's cross our fingers but uh, Jordan, Let's tell me so. tell me a little bit about your this charity. I read. I, I don't know if you do more than one, but I know you're part of this. Uh, I'm trying to read uh, children's cancer charity. Uh, headbands, mm -hmm. headbands of hope. Tell me a little bit about that and how you got involved with that. So they actually contacted me, and I started talking to them. I wanted to make sure they were real before anything happened. So we checked around. We we made sure they were legit, and they were, and. What's really cool about it is they're based like 45 minutes from my house in North Carolina. And we were talking to them, and we, we got real close into them. And, the, you know, they've been really cool with me. And basically what it is is every time you buy something off their website, they give a headband to a child with cancer. And they actually invited me to go to... A hospital with them sometime uh, after flu season, mm -hmm. and I get to go visit some of the kids, and I'll, I'll get to give them their headbands and stuff like that, so I'm super excited, and I really want to get, uh, like, get more foundations, like, I want to get in more touch with them, Yeah, uh, with other foundations as well, because I've, I've always wanted to do something like that, like, I've always saw the uh, Stink Juice stuff that Ryan Dungey's partnered with, Oh yeah, yeah. and I've always wanted... I've always wanted to do something like that. So when they contacted me, 
I was super excited and I was super honored that they reached out to me and I was so glad that I could help with it. Yeah, well, I'll have to tell you, I mean, that again, another impressive thing about your personality. And I have become friends with some of the guys from ECMX, and they've been telling me for a while that I needed to get you on here. Um, my buddy Mark Winder, known as Mouse, I don't know if you know who he is, but uh, some of the guys out there, they just have spoke so highly of you. And the fact that you're involved with charities and that's something that you want to do, it, it just it speaks volumes for how you represent the sport and uh, you know how you were raised and i think you're a, you're going to be a great ambassador not just for women's motocross but for motorsports in general uh, i mean women are coming on strong you got Haley deegan and nascar that's kicking some butt and it's 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 time that you guys got your recognition as equals and and I, i'm just very impressed with the, the woman that you seem to be becoming thank you very much and uh the ECMX guys, they've always been so great to me. I've always loved their track. I think we've been going there for a very long time. Yeah, that's what they tell me. 10 years, yeah. something like that. And uh, it, it's one of my favorite tracks as well. It's, you know, sandy, gets super rough, great training track, especially around Loretta's time. Yeah. Um, but, but, yeah, Haley Deegan's doing well in the sport, and all us women, it doesn't matter what sport we're in. We all need to stick up for each other, and we all need to just get women in general to be noticed more. Right. Well, I guess the last thing, well, first of all, I want to read you this uh, comment that Mark put on my Instagram about you. So uh, Mark Winder from ECMX, he rides out there, he said, he just wants to say, hey, we love you, Jordan, and love having her at our track and have continued to follow her and her su success. So, Know that the, that crew out there at ECMX is still supporting you and uh, love seeing what you're doing. But my last little thing I want to ask you about is, you know, I was looking through your Instagram, checking out some of your pictures, and I saw that you went, I believe it was to prom with Garrett Marchbanks. Is, uh, is uh, that something we can talk about? You guys buddy? Yeah. So, so do you, uh, I mean, obviously he's pro circuit. I mean, do you guys talk, talk amongst yourselves about riding styles and, uh, give critiques or anything like that? We do. I, uh, you know, he definitely helps me a lot. I try to help, but he's got me beat in most areas of riding. <laughs> but, um, no, it's, it's good to be able to talk to somebody that's on the pro circuit that's my age. Yeah. It's just really nice to have someone to relate to. And uh, be able to talk to about different things and writing and stuff like that. Right on. Yeah, we had Garrett on the show um, a few months ago, and I met him at Freestone last year, actually. He seems like a very nice young man, and look for big things out of him. And I, I thought that's cool, you know, that you, you have somebody that you can, you know, discuss those things with and have that same passion. And he's at an elite level like you are, and, and there's that commonality. So I, I'm sure that's very, makes it things very comfortable and just helpful. It is. It's very helpful on, on both of our, our ends. Um, we're both moving out. We're both experiencing new things. Yeah. So it's, it, it is. It's really helpful to have somebody to talk to and have somebody to, you know, share ideas and share, um, like, daily tips and stuff like that with each other. Heck, yeah. Well, that's, yeah, fantastic. Um, before I let you go, do you want to give us a list of the people that have helped you out, your sponsors? Um, I know you've got a ton of them, and I know that Blood Lubricants is one of them, and they're they're buddies of ours. But yeah, any of your other sponsors you want to give a shout out to? 
Uh, first off, I want to say thank you to the ECMX guys. My whole family, we all love all of them. They, Like I said, they've been really good to us. They've, they've helped us a lot over the years, and we can always count on them to have some place to ride. Nice. Um, I, I really love all of my sponsors. They have done so much for me. They've helped me out in so many situations. Um, but I, I'd like to thank Triangle Cycles, Fox, Monster Army, Scott, Dumop, Atlas, Yamaha, Tomoda Billet, Pro Taper, Nihilo Concepts, Specbolt, Cypra, Renegade, Freakloose, Tamer, Whole Shot Hookup, SOBMX, Traction MX, Twitter, FMS, Wiseco, MTX, Mark and Stranceman Graphics, ICW, Moto Tools, Blood, <laughs> Moto, Sean, especially Sean, my uh, my agent, he's done a lot for me. Yeah, he, he he's cool. Extreme, <laughs> TM Designs, TCI, SGB, and Major Concepts. Awesome. That's a long list of sponsors, and uh, yeah, I'm sure they appreciate what you do for them as you would do what they do for you. And Jordan, I appreciate you coming on tonight. It really uh, means a lot that you took a few minutes out for us, and really look forward to seeing what you uh, what your future holds. Thank you. I, I've really enjoyed talking to you, and uh, hopefully, hopefully, spreading more word about women, and you know, getting more recognition out for all of us yeah well uh, we we try to do that here at the moto expod show we try to have women riders on and um we like to have the the girlfriends and the wives and all that because i think it, it all everybody makes the sport go around you know i don't want to just focus on the the elite guys you know it's it's really everybody deserves their share of the time and their ex- share of the exposure but uh, yeah i look forward to meeting you at glendale in just a couple weeks sure i'm really looking forward to that as well all right, Jordan. Well, you have a good night, uh, and I, I had mentioned to your mom on Instagram that I will send you a link to this once we get it up tonight so she can listen, and you have a good night, and uh, look forward to seeing you soon. Thank you. I appreciate it. All right, Jordan. Take you care. Have a good night as well. All right. Bye. Okay. Bye. That's Jordan Jarvis, the current women's motocross champion, and as of right now, the final women's motocross champion and uh, hopefully that series will come back with a big bang and we we need to find some room for them on saturdays so that they can get the exposure they deserve um but anyway we're gonna take a commercial break and we'll be back hey this is chase sexton you're listening to the moto x pod show hey kylie does your husband have to deal with leaking shafts no way kathy he uses shock socks the original and number one 10-second removable fork sill protector. Looks like the best way to keep grit and grime out of your fork sills. So, if you don't want the headache and expense of constantly replacing fork sills, get Shock Socks. Go to shocksocks.com and visit them on Facebook to pick your color. And don't forget, they are available for street bikes too. Dark side here. Are you guys in the market for a set of new custom graphics? Are you tired of the same old basic layouts the big box companies offer? Well, if so, then you need to check out MX Girl Designs. From custom graphic kits, stickers, reproductions, and even vintage, MX Girl does it all. Call or text Char at 936-828-1472 or email Char, C-H-A-R, at mxgirl.com. 
mxgirl.com, and that's mxgirl, G-U-R-L, and tell her Moto X-Pod sent you. Madjack Synthetics is an independent dealer of Amsoil Synthetic Oils. Amsoil has been around for 45 years and was the first company to bring synthetics to the general public in 1972. Since then, Amsoil has led the way in application-specific oils and fluids designed solely for your cars, trucks, motorcycles, boats, and more. We understand what your needs are when it comes to protecting your investments, whether it be your motorcycles or the vehicle you use to transport your motorcycles. Dane Evans and Mad Jack Synthetics is nationwide with customers and warehouses all across the USA and Canada. By joining the Preferred Customer Program, anybody can buy Anzoil products factory direct at wholesale pricing. Want to stock it at your shop or use it on your fleet of vehicles for your business? Would you like to become an Anzoil dealer and have a tax write-off for your trips to the track or trail and start selling Anzoil to your friends and fellow racers? With Amsoil, you get free shipping on orders over $100, even when you are a wholesale customer. Contact Dane Evans to find out how it all works. We at Mad Jack Synthetics are riders and racers just like the guys at the Moto X Pod Show. We know what you need to keep you in the game week in and week out. Amsoil Incorporated is a sponsor of many of your favorite series, Snowcross, ATV MX, Daytona Bike Week, the Sturgis Motorcycle Rally, GNCC, King of the Hammers, Hot August Nights Car Show, and Motorcycle Mechanics Institute. Contact Dane and tell him the Moto X Pod Show sent you. Let him help you save money on your maintenance using Amsoil. Contact Dane at 805-531-9551 or toll free at 855-623-5225 or at madjackdiesel.shopamsoil.com. Like us and contact us on Facebook at Dane Amsoil Guy on Twitter at Dane underscore Evans 393 and on Instagram at Dane underscore Amsoil Guy. What's up, Moto X Pod listeners? This is Darkside, and as motocross racers, one of our top priorities is safety. That's why Allsport Dynamics wrist braces are one of my favorite products. Allsport Dynamics sees themselves as the Picasso of safety braces. Their passion for design and developing beautiful braces never stops. They've had the privilege to work with some of the largest names in the sports industry and have established a reputation for always bringing innovation to the table with every brace. For the pro chasing the championship or the six-year-old whose mom wants to avoid a broken bone, please try Allsport Dynamic Wrist Braces. Go to motocrosswristbrace.com or check out Instagram at wristbraceguy or call 936-569-1003 and ask for Jeff Brewer or Gary White. And keep in mind, these are the wrist braces that Justin Bogle, Joey Savacci, Weston Pike, Adam Cianciarello, Matt Gerke, and Brock Tickle wear in their pro careers. Check them out, all sports dynamic braces. Since 1998, Fly Racing has been focused on developing the best gear possible. With research and development, they have become a leader in safety and comfort. Fly Racing is worn by many of the top athletes in motocross and supercross, including Weston Pike, Blake Baggett, Zach Osborne, Andrew Short, Damon Bradshaw, and Adam and Tyler Antonap. Seven two Trey, I wear fly shoes, wear fly shoes. 2019 Fly Racing line includes the popular Light Hydrogen, the new Evolution DST line, the all-new Women's Light line, a redesigned F2 helmet, the FR5 boot, and Zone and Zone Pro goggles. Fly Racing also has hard parts for mountain bike products and snow gear. Go to flyracing.com or check out your local dealer for more info. 
All right, next up on the line for episode 105, brought to you by Fly Racing. Since 1998, Fly Racing has been focused on developing the best gear possible. In 2019, Fly Racing will be a title sponsor in Supercross and Motocross Nationals. Riders like Blake Baggett, Weston Pike, Zach Osborne, Damon Bradshaw, and our next guest, Benny Bloss, all wear Fly Racing, and you should too. Like I said, on the line is Tucker Rocky, ATV, MC, KTM, WPS's number 29, Benny Bloss. What's up, Benny? What's up? How's it going? It's going good, man. Just uh, a week and a half away or so, 10 days, something like that from A1, beyond excited. It can't get here soon enough for me. Probably coming a little too quick for guys like you, but uh, how's uh, how's the off-season been going? How are you feeling right now? Um, you know, how... What's your mindset? Uh, mindset's great. I uh, I'm feeling really, really good. I've I've really never felt better on the bike. Uh, I know a lot of guys say that, but <laughs> that's honestly exactly how I feel. Uh, I've been out in California for the past two weeks now, just putting the final touches on training and everything, trying to get ready, and just like I said, I'm super excited. Just can't wait to get racing. Yeah, you, you mentioned going out to California. You you were in Oklahoma out at Raynard's place, I guess, with uh with your mechanic Jericho Derek. Um, yeah, <laughs> how's that how's that training going? How do you like riding in Oklahoma? And and what does Ray, uh, Robbie do for you? Where, how does he help you the most? Uh, most mostly on the bike. Um, I have a a trainer, like an off the bike trainer, and he also does my dieting as mm-hmm. well. Um, but Robbie does like all my on the bike stuff as well as my cardio stuff. You know, if you anybody that's ever seen him ride, it's like watching him ride. He's so effortless and so smooth, and uh, helps a lot with like that style of stuff um, as far as like technique and everything. But you know, Oklahoma was great. We had a a really good group uh, before we left to come out to California. Uh, me, Forkner, we even had Trey Kennard riding. That's what uh, I heard. Justin Bogle back, and it's really pretty amazing to see how fast Trey still is. Um, yeah, yeah. I, Derek was saying that on he, you know, he did a thing on Pulp, and he was talking about to tr- that Trey would come out there and at times be running lap times where he was like, "Come on, Benny, this guy hasn't raced in a while." I know, and it's like it's so disappointing for me because it's <laughs> like I feel like I'm doing so good. Yeah, but he's just an animal. Like, yes. He's, He's so talented, but it's funny, though, because I remember he used to do just, like, in rhythms and stuff, he would just hit massive stuff, and now he's kind of like, he's kind of like the old man rider, you know, <laughs> that's keeping it safe and, and doing more doubles and triples, as as far as me, I've been doing some quads at Robbie's. I've he's seen that. Like, he's like, I don't know why you're doing that, that's so dumb. <laughs> I'm like I like I learned this from watching you. Exactly. That's funny. Yeah, I saw you call out Austin. Yeah, I saw you call out Austin on I think it was on Instagram on a, a video about something you were jumping. Yeah, we were out at Paula and he was we were doing our warm up and he was looking at it and he was like, I jumped it to the side but I think I'll case it. So then you know I just had to go out there and, and show him how to hit it. Sure. Um, I don't think he would have made it to be honest, but. Yeah, it, it doesn't really matter that you're on a 450s on 250. The fact is, you did it, he didn't. 
<laughs> that is all that matters. Yeah, exactly. That's fun. That's good stuff. Yeah, I, I like that, you know, that you guys have a little bit of that fun and ribbing. You know, there's certain guys like, you know, Eli, who is kind of secretive about his test, his riding, and has talked about in the past, although he has let Jeremy Martin ride with him, he doesn't really like to practice with other guys. And uh, the fact that you're out there having a good time and making it fun, um, to me, that would make it a lot easier to do the training and put in the motos every day if it's fun. Yeah, for sure. I I'm the type of person I it's I feel so much better when I have somebody to ride with. Yeah. You know, it's always nice, especially when you're close in speed because then you can it's it's a little bit of competition for you and brings up the intensity in the motos compared to when you're by yourself. It's it's kind of hard to match that intensity. Um, but you know, obviously Eli does a pretty good job at that. Yeah, that's he, true. Uh, it's working for him. Goes pretty fast. Yeah, it's working for him. I just, for me, like I, I don't really want to go ride without my buddies. You know, it's just, but of course I'm not a pro. I'm not racing for a championship or getting paid. But I, I just, the reason we all got into this to begin with is because it's fun. Yeah. Definitely. So, um, so last year you finished fifteenth overall in the series. Um, you know, what's your what are your goals? Where do you do you have a spot like, hey, I'd be happy if I was tenth. I'd be happy if I was eighth. Would you have a, a number that you would like to shoot for this year? Yeah, I'd say top eight would be my goal. Okay. Uh, you know, for Anaheim, I'd, I'd really like to be top ten and kind of start the season off strong. Last year, I I came in injured to Anaheim and then I crashed at Anaheim. Yeah. Um, didn't even make it to the main, so it was. Not an ideal situation, but uh, this year I'm feeling much better. and Everything's been going a, a lot smoother and feel really, really solid. I feel like I could be that top 10 guy every weekend, busting into the top five. Mm-hmm. Um, I like that. Uh, I'd say overall top eight would be my goal for the year. Okay. And where do you think you've improved since last year? Is there a, a particular thing you focused on? Um, I'd say last year I was, I was pretty... I'd say I was pretty fast, but not very consistently fast. Um, And this year is like lately when I've been doing my motos, you know, I'm hitting, working on trying to go as fast as I can and hit that same lap time every single lap. So just overall consistency. My cardio has gotten a lot better. I've taken my eating a lot more serious. Those, Those things help so much, so much more than I had ever thought. Yeah. Yeah, I was I was but talking. Now, oh, good. It's like now it's like after doing that stuff and being a little more serious than I have before, it's like crazy to see the difference. Yeah, it kind of bums me out that you say that because like I'm getting older and I'm starting to get a little bit of a, a little bit of a gut, and <laughs> I like to uh, I like to eat my ice cream. I was just talking to Josh Cartwright earlier. Um, you know, the privateer, and I was asking about dieting, and because to me that's for me that would be the most difficult thing that you guys do. Because I want my ice cream, I want my steaks, I want my fried chicken, and I don't think I could change my diet. I mean, I just don't think I could do it. Um, so I'm, I'm pretty picky. I like junk food. That's about it. Um, so what you guys do blows me away. Uh, and, and the fact that you're saying it does make that much of a difference kind of bums me out because that's probably where my issues are when I get tired all the time. <laughs> yeah, the diet, like for me, I'm super, super picky. Like I eat just the most plain things ever. Yeah. And so, but 
luckily it's like the stuff that I like is pretty healthy. Uh, it's just that I eat the, like the same thing over and right. over and over. And it just gets old. But I just got to tell myself that it, it's going to get better and this is going to be worth it. And for me, like, it sounds weird, but I've, I've told this to people before and they're like, you're crazy. But, like, I am better at saying no if something is right in front of me. Really? Like, there's times where I'll go to the grocery store and I'll just go to, the, like, the sweet aisle and I'll just look, like, the bakery section. Yeah. And I'll just look at everything. Yeah. And then I just leave. Oh, uh, well, see, I, I go look at it and I get a basket full of it and go home. So, I mean, I'm pretty lucky that my metal- metabolism is what it is, I guess, because I'm, you know, I'm 43 years old and relatively thin, but it's, it's starting to change. So, and when I go to the track, dude, I'm, I'm exhausted, like in a couple laps and I just, it's, it has to be my diet. I mean, there's really no other excuse, but yeah, for sure. Cartwright too. You mentioned him. Yeah. I, he, I know him pretty well and I want to say he's like non-dairy and up. He did. He mentioned that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He said he, it, 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 it affects him a lot. Which, dude, I can't go without my ice cream, dude. I mean, bluebell ice cream. You were in Oklahoma, you know. Come on. Yeah, the ice cream is pretty fantastic. I actually have not had ice cream in a while. Mm. It's kind of depressing, but it is what it is. Like, I'm considering going to the store when I'm done with this show and buying some because I'm out. So. You know, it's not it's nine o'clock here, so by the time I get there, it's gonna be like eleven. But anyway, hey, that's the perfect time for ice cream. <laughs> You're right. Well, let's get back to uh, to, to Supercross a little bit. Um, you know, you, you obviously have to do a lot of testing. Uh, you're doing suspension testing all the time, probably you know bar mounts, all kinds of different things that you guys go through, and and Derek has to change all the time. Do you enjoy that process still? Um. I do. It's nice to be able to find different stuff and, and see if you like something better. Yeah. Um, this year, I haven't done a whole lot of testing. I'm, like, I started the Supercross uh, off-season in September, and I haven't really changed much of anything. Like, I, my bike is really, really solid. Very, very happy with where it's at right now. And just, yeah. Wait. But it's always good to try new stuff, for sure. Are you the type of guy that if you put a different set of bar mounts on or you had an offset of just like a couple millimeters, would you notice that? See, I want to say, I want to say yes, but I'd say a little bit, probably no. Okay. Yeah. The bars would be probably the thing that I would notice most. Okay. Yeah, I just always am really amazed by guys that test and say like, all oh, you know, it's it's one millimeter difference. I'm like, that seems impossible to me. The way guys at your level feel every little thing, you know, is just you're so in tune with the bikes. And I always wonder if you know, like, if if Jericho change your your lever position or or just little little things, seat seat height, just a fraction, if you would even notice that. Yeah, see, I know, like, guys that'll say on their suspension, they can tell a difference between, like, a half a click. Right, right. And I think that's a little ridiculous. But, like, two clicks I can tell for sure. And, like, when you're doing the sag, Mm -hmm. I used to never be able to tell a difference. And now I can usually tell a difference between a mill. Wow. Which is weird to think about, but... That's just seat time, I guess, and being one with the machine... Yeah, for sure. 
Um, so I've mentioned Jericho a couple times. Uh, I really like the guy. You know, he's a wrestling fan. He's a heavy metal guy. So I, I feel a connection with them. Do you have any uh, anything that's just that you could bust his balls on? Any stories where you guys are hanging out and anything crazy happens? Um, nothing too crazy. He uh, oh, when we drove out to California, he uh, he called me because he left the night before me. Mm-hmm. And he had called me, and he had a whole sequence where he he was the guy that was in the shower and had, like, totally fell, like, really bad, I guess. <laughs> fell in the shower? Yes. <laughs> okay. Sorry, I'm, I'm in California traffic right now. Oh, yeah, yeah, no worries. <laughs> uh, there's nothing really that. Yeah. Crazy that I know. I know he told me I'm planning a wedding right now. Yeah, I was going to ask you about that. But go ahead. He, uh, because I told him when it was, and he, uh, he told me that for the Jericho cruise, <laughs> he doesn't know when it's going to be. Yeah. But if it's the, but if it's, oh my gosh, um, but if it's the time during the wedding that, um, He'll skip it for sure. <laughs> I believe he'll, that. He'll skip the wedding for the dinner. Yeah. Oh, yeah. 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 I. I fully uh, believe that. Yeah. Jericho. He's a. He's a Jerichoholic, man. I get it. That's. That's funny yeah, though. That's sure. funny. He is way too into the wrestling thing. Yeah. Yeah. I was into it when I was a kid. Not so much now, but I, I am entertained by his passion for it for sure. Um, yeah. So you mentioned getting engaged. Um, and I find it funny, I've talked to, not really funny, just interesting, I've talked to a number of different riders about this, you know, in the 90s when I was kind of first getting into the sport, um, really getting into it, most of the guys were single, there was a party scene, quote unquote, you know, um, really nobody was married. And now it's really become very, very common, um, probably keeps you a little more structured, a little more grounded. So speak to me on, on how having your fiance involved and, you know, having that helps your program. Yeah. She helps an extreme amount. It's just like the everyday stuff, you know, helping with getting my drinks ready and cooking and cleaning all that just takes so much stress off of you. And then like race day is probably the biggest help, I guess. Mm -hmm. Uh, Last year I had a couple rounds where she, where my girlfriend didn't go, and I I told her I'm like next year we're not going to do that. It's, <laughs> it's pretty crazy how big of a difference it makes and how much stress she takes off of me on sure. race day for me to be able to focus more on the racing and be able to watch film and not have to worry about getting all this different stuff ready. Uh, it's a crazy difference. No, I can see that. I can see that, man, because, yeah, you, you, you guys do have a lot of little things you have to do and a lot of places to be. Um, I, I kind of watched at my first national as media. I watched Keely Baggett helping Blake out while I was waiting to talk to Blake for probably about 20 or 30 minutes. And, yeah, the, the wives' girlfriends are huge part of the program, and, and it's, it's really cool. I mean, I think it's awesome. It's a family sport anyway. Uh, I like seeing it. So, yeah, congratulations on that. And I think it's only going to help your program, if nothing else. Yeah, well, thank you. Thank you. They definitely don't get enough credit. No, no, for sure. Um, So what are you most excited about this season? Um, You know, 
we we have we have a new TV package. None of that probably affects you in any way whatsoever. Uh, the team doesn't have a 250 program this year, so there's going to be a lot more probably focus on you and Blake. Um, you know, we have a couple triple crowns again this year. Um, you know, is there anything this year that you're just really that's that seems different than last year that you're excited about? Um, there's definitely some some. I, I think it's different that we're going to go to Nashville, which is Jericho's hometown. Well, right. it's not hometown, but that's his home state. Um, and he's stoked on that. I'm pretty pumped to go there. I'm super bummed that they took St. Louis out of the out of the series because that's home race for me. I would say the best dirt on the series. Yeah, um, yeah, I enjoyed that last year. But I'm super pumped to go to Denver. I think it'll be cool. And I think the weather, I think it'd be kind of cool if it snowed. Right. And that's an open stadium. I think, I just, it probably sucks for the racing, <laughs> but I think it would be really cool to do. Yeah, that's, I had even considered that. Yeah, we're we're coming to that one, so that that would be interesting. I'd, I've never never seen a Supercross in the snow that I can recall, so that could be good. Yeah, I want I want to say it snowed at Salt Lake a couple years ago. Uh, yeah, before I was pro. Yeah, that sort of sounds familiar now, but like for some reason it's not super clear. But hell, I'm yeah. in for it. If we can get some snow, maybe we can. Take stay an extra day and go. I could learn to snowboard for the first time. <laughs> well, there will definitely be snow in the mountains. I think it's end of March is the Denver race, maybe. Yeah, is, yeah, I think so. Yeah, which is super iffy on their weather, but right. Yeah, it's like it's like right before Houston or right after. I can't remember because I, th- I think it's Houston, Nashville, Denver, something like that. And I, I'm having to skip. Uh, haven't skipped Nashville. I can't be gone from my day job three weekends in a row, but I'm looking forward to Denver for sure. Yeah. Uh, well, Benny, yeah, man. I've heard, I've heard Nashville's pretty pretty wild, and Jericho says he's going to take me out after the race. Oh, <laughs> nice. See, there's a, I, some of my buddies are trying to get me to go, and I don't know that I could squeeze that one in, but I may – I don't know. I may try. I wish I could make every round. It's just not feasible, so – yeah, for sure. So I need I need to be uh I need to get a job as a mechanic, I guess. <laughs> I don't That's want pretty stressful though. Yeah, yeah, I know. I've heard him. Yeah, like I said, I've heard him and Mathis and what they talk about. I I don't want that job. I was just joking. I like doing what I get to do. I just wish I could do it more. But um, Benny, man, I'm really stoked on uh, seeing what you do this year. Though honestly, um, my last question for you is probably the most important question of the year. So. Should I pick you for my fantasy team for A1? <laughs> I would say, yeah, I'd say pick me. Okay. I, got, I don't know what exactly the little award thing was, but I got a Pulpin X. I want to say that I scored, like, the most fantasy points or something yes. last year. Yeah, probably. Like, yeah. I don't, I don't want to brag, but <laughs> I do have that little trophy in my living room. So. That's awesome. Heck yeah. Well, we are, a lot of me, my buddies and I, we're all signed up for Pulp Fantasy. We love playing. For the people that don't play, you're missing out. I know as a writer, it probably annoys the crap out of you when people ask you, hey, should I pick you? It's it's sort of a joke more than anything. And You guys don't, well, I say you guys don't care, but you know, I've heard Adam Ciancerillo say that he's thought about it while he's on the track. Like, hey, I got to pass this guy for points or whatever. So, you know, 
it's yeah. I specifically remember it was Minneapolis, 2017. I was on the the Rocky Mountain 250. Yeah, and um, Adam in an interview after the race, I had crashed out of the main event. And I remember in the interviews, he was like, yeah, I passed loss. He was down in the whoops. And then I was thinking, I picked him for my fantasy. And I <laughs> was just like. That was the that story, yeah. your mind on the track. That's, that's <laughs> crazy. But yeah. I have a lot of people come up to me and, like, let's say I did that one week. And they're like, hey, man, you screwed me in fantasy last week. Just want you to know. And it's like, <laughs> right. oh, well. Awesome. That makes me feel great. Yeah, yeah. Well, I, I told some guys, like, I, you probably don't want me to pick you because consistently in 2018, at least one of the guys I picked did not finish. So, yeah, it was – I probably shouldn't play this year. Oh, boy. That's but, uh, pretty good. Yeah, it's fun. So, anyway, I know. I just wanted to kind of mess with you a little bit. Benny, I, I can't wait uh, – to see what you what you do this year. Looking forward to A one in a few days. Um, so I hope to see. You. I can't wait to see you, man. All right, thank you, and thanks for having me on the show. Absolutely, Benny. I'm glad that you were able to come on tonight, and uh, we'll we'll talk to you again. You know, in a few weeks after the season gets going, and uh, see how you're feeling. Sounds good. All right, bud. Take care, and you have be safe in that traffic. Thanks. All right, man. All right, that's Benny Bloss. Uh, Appreciate him coming on, Rocky Mount or Tucker Rocky ATV MC. Great team with uh, his teammate Blake Baggett. Look forward to seeing what those guys do this year. We'll be back here in just a few. We're back with our next guest of the night, and it's privateer Josh Cartwright. He is brought to you by Powerband Racing. If you're riding a bike that uses WP suspension, you need to hit up Powerband Racing at powerbandracing.com or uh, at 320-983-3400 and follow them on Facebook and Instagram. Josh, what's up, bud? Hey, how you doing? Thank you for having me. Yeah, man, excited to have you. Brett with... uh, works wheels and mods uh he hit me up the other day and i was like hell yeah i'd love to have josh on um I, we love having the privateers on i know it's always a struggle for you guys and especially with somebody that's going to school full-time at you know you're still at fsu right i actually just graduated with my bachelor's degree in it two weeks ago well hell yeah congratulations on that thank you so much yeah, i'm definitely happy to have that big weight off my shoulders I'll bet. So, what are your what are your plans as far as uh, you know your future? I, I know you want to keep racing, but I'm sure you're looking at you know uh, a regular job also in the future. What are your plans? Yeah, definitely. I'm gonna uh, stick with racing for these next couple of years, or hopefully more years past that, if I, as long as I can keep making money at it. But sure. the regular the regular job aspect of it, I um I like the database point of IT and. I've been kind of dabbling into that a little bit, but I know a little bit of Java code and some Python, so anything I can come about, I hopefully can get a job in, but I'm probably going to start doing some interviews maybe in the summer if I don't, if I'm not racing outdoors. If I'm racing outdoors, I'll definitely hold it off for a little bit longer, Yeah, but uh, that's what it's coming down to. That's awesome, man. Yeah, you're speaking way over my head with all that IT stuff, but... Um, you know, I was pretty proud of myself cause I went on, uh, and, and built my own website recently, you know, with this one of those, 
web, you know, do-it-yourself websites, and I was pretty impressed. I don't know how you write code and all that. That's just way, way crazy to me. Yeah, code is definitely, uh, when I first got into it, it was definitely a hard thing to grasp. But once you get a, a good grasp of just the general knowledge of it, a lot of the languages are uh, not similar, but just the similar aspects, just like with building, um, with building websites, actually at the heart base of it is with a language called HTML. Yeah. And I actually took a class took a class on that this year and uh, learned how to build a website from base up. And it was definitely a learning curve, and <laughs> I loved it. That's cool, man. That's really cool. It's good to see that you stuck with it and graduated. And, you know, I mean, that it's very smart. So uh, pretty pr- proud of you for that, man. But let's talk about some racing, man. Like you, you mentioned outdoors. I noticed that you haven't ran outdoors or you didn't run outdoors this last year. Um, you know, is that just because the payout's not very well and it's really hard to make any money or is it just didn't have the sponsors? What What was the situation in 2018? Yeah, kind of both. Like, so ever since I was turned pro, I've kind of been known as the only Supercross guy, and uh, it's kind of been because of the outdoor payouts not really too uh, well, really, and the support was more in Supercross, and also because school, I was able to kind of balance school and Supercross a little easier, just because motocross takes a lot more toll on you, and takes a lot more, like, just support from like all the sponsors and it's just kind of a little different how supercross you can you fly in you're in the city right there you're already there and with motocross it's you've got to drive like an hour from the (laughs) airport and it's just much big pain in the butt compared to supercross so we kind of decided just to focus on the supercross while i was in school and then in the summer i i did classes as well kind of just to get caught up if anything, I fell behind. If um, but then now that I've done done with school, I'm definitely gonna be able to try to do some outdoor races. Oh, that'd be great to see you out there. Um, well, anyway, so Supercross is co- is is about to start. We're a couple weeks away. Uh, I was kind of looking at some of your results last year. You did your best result looked like it was Daytona with an eleventh, fourteenth um, at St. Louis. Uh, you know, so what have you been working on this year, and who have you been working with to get ready and, and try to, you know, get some better results even, hopefully? Yeah, um, I'm going to be with uh, EBR Performance, who builds my motors and my suspension. Uh, I've been with them for the past few years. Um, I was with them in amateurs, and then I'm going to do again another year of pro with them where uh, there's going to be a team with EBR Performance, Altus Motorsports, and Tucker Power Sports, and uh, Yamaha. And this year we're going to be putting together a great program, and we're going to have another. Uh, we're going to have Ramler Alves with us, okay. and uh, and maybe another rider. So hopefully it's going to be a good year. Uh, Ram Ramler was my teammate last year with me on the team as well, so we know each other really well. Yeah. And um, I I trust Josh at EBR and the whole team. They do great work on my motor and my suspension, and hopefully this year I'm going to be able to crack more top tens more crack the top 10 and stay in the top 10 as uh, I was almost got the top 10 in Daytona I missed yep. it by one so that just makes me even hungrier oh I can imagine man well what what specifically have you seen that you need to work on and been focusing on through the you know the, the winter here coming up with Supercross to improve those positions where, where do you think you your weakness was I think coming out strong like is right away getting that start and just keeping up with the pace that I know I can keep up with, but right away, instead of kind of settling in and settling into a position to where I know I can 
day. Yeah. Kind of like where I was in like seventh place in the heat race, but I would have times of like fourth place, so I know I can I can be up there. And in heat races and being where I don't have to be on the bubble, I know I could do that, and that's what I've been working on with at the goat farm with Jeannie Carmichael and Ricky Carmichael, and uh, that's what we've been working on really a lot, just right out of the gate, put your fastest lap times in and get up top. Yeah, I mean, definitely, it's with Supercross, I think that's a key. You know, motocross, you have, you know, lots more time, a lot of time to kind of maybe move up if you – if you didn't, you get a great start. And the Supercross, there really is no time. Uh, I mean, it it goes quick, I'm sure, when you're on the track. Um, you know, and I'm, I'm good friends with John Short, and that's something he and I have talked about, too, is, you know, you, yeah, you got to get that start, and you have to know. You have to have the confidence that I belong here if fourth, third, fifth, whatever, and that you can keep and stay there. Yep, that's exactly right. I, uh, I, I've had a couple of situations where I've been up front, and I felt comfortable. I mm-hmm. just need to... Stay up front and keep that confidence, and hopefully, just it'll come together a lot better this year. And I, I feel a lot faster, and I'm way more in shape this year, so I think it's going to be a good year. And I'm assuming you're riding east again. That's yep, that's the plan. Okay, so and when you're at the goat farm, uh, what kind of things does Jeannie? You know, we we hear stories about her being. You know, she's she can, she's hard on you guys sometimes, and she expects 100 percent, 110 percent, even probably. Um, you know, so. What's it like working with her? Or what are the things that she tells you when she sees you struggling? Oh, yeah. So, Jeannie, she's off the sweetest lady you'll ever meet. But as soon as we get to that training aspect and on the track, she cracks the whip and you don't want to mess with her. <laughs> because uh, <she'll, laughs> she definitely knows what she's talking about. She raised the greatest of all time in our sport. And she definitely is seen to where she, can, she knows when I'm holding back. Or yeah. She knows that I can do something better because I have a certain times on the track and she'll look at it and be like, look, Josh, you're doing these times up here, but then you go and throw out a way faster time in your sprint. You need to be doing your sprint times in the beginning of your 20 lappers and we're just going to work and work and work so we can keep those laps, keep those fast stop times all the way through the 20 lappers. Hey, she knows what she's doing. That's for sure. If you listen to her, you're you're bound to improve, so that's that's uh, really good that you went down there. You're working with it. That's a, there's probably no better place you could be. No, I um I yeah I definitely when I moved down here, I was at GPF for a few years and they were unbelievable to me. We yeah. loved it, and uh, uh, then I I kind of linked up with Ricky Carmichael when I did the uh, arena cross, and he we kind of started talking, and he's like, if you'd like to come here, and I just wanted to. To, uh, build my uh, structure or build my training up a little bit more and who better to train you than the uh, goat of our sport <laughs> and we have been great together now and I've, I couldn't ask for a better trainer right well, speaking of just like the the training part you know off the bike what what do you do on a day-to-day basis are you cycling are you running you know what do you enjoy the most or do you even enjoy training because like I hate training <laughs> yeah, so I have an off-the-bike trainer. Uh, his name's Drew Whitehead with um, DW Performance, and uh, he I've been with him. It was my first year with him last year, and it was be my second year with him, and he's been one of my best off-the-bike trainers I've had. And he's big on um, just in, in the gym kind of fitness, and also we do a lot of running and a lot of uh, road biking. Uh, I When I was in high school, I, I've actually ran cross-country since, uh, sixth grade, so I'm a big runner, so okay. I will do that. I'll do that a lot when um, when it comes down to it. 
and he tells me uh, what I need to do, and I just trust him completely. Okay. How about diet? Is that a hard thing for you, eating right? That He is actually one of the first uh, big trainers for me that actually turned my diet around. Um, and it was before then, I kind of just tried to eat healthy, didn't really know what I was doing. Yeah. And when I got to him, he kind of explained how I needed to eat. He told me I needed to cut. I uh, started cutting out gluten, and for me, dairy makes me react, makes my allergies react, and so we cut all that out, and it just opened up my sinuses way better. And he tells me just if we're wor- if we're working out this much, you need to be eating a lot. But if you're not doing a lot that day, don't be force feeding yourself so much. But he's a big uh, aspect on training with the food aspect of it. Yeah, I, I hear, and I, you know, when I see all these other guys, like their diets are so strict, and that's where I, there's no way I could do that. I I love my ice cream and my fried food, and <laughs> yeah, I'm. It's I'll never be a professional athlete. It's it's not going to happen. So <laughs> I definitely miss the fried food and some ice cream. <laughs> well, I'll tell you what, I'll eat some for you because that's probably what I'm gonna have for dinner tonight and dessert. So. <laughs> oh dang! Yeah, hey, I don't. Yeah, don't listen to me, man. It, it, I'll, I'll steer you wrong. So, <laughs> so how did you get into to motocross to begin with? Is that something that your family was into? Did you have some buddies? Just discovered on TV? What happened? Uh, my uh, my dad rode a little bit when he was uh, when he was about thirty years old. My godfather got him into it. Okay. And when I turned when I turned three years old, uh, like every motocross kid. Is, <laughs> Uh, their dad, my dad bought me a PW when I was three, and it's just been all racing from there. I just couldn't get away from it. Even just, he's told me his whole life, he's like, we can do anything else. And But the bad, he's always told me, I did it I did it backwards. I put you on a dirt bike first and then introduced you to all the school sports. Once <laughs> yeah. you do that, once you just, uh, introduce a kid to a motorcycle, it's, nothing else is as good as riding a motorcycle. It's just, it's the best thing in the world you can do. Yeah, I, I agree. I did school sports and I rode dirt bikes as a you know a kid, but I never really got into racing until I was in high school. Really, so I did all the other sports first. And you're right. I mean, I still love stick and ball sports, but there's no comparison for sure. Yeah, not at all. I, throughout my whole school career, like um, in middle school, I did all the kind of normal sports and all that. Yeah. And once I got into high, once again to high school. I focused on certain ones, like I was in a varsity cross country swim and track. And even though I loved those, I even thought, "Oh, I might do this in college." <laughs> I just started thinking, "I'm like, man, I just I need to do motocross, and this is my passion." Yeah, well, you you definitely uh, seems like you stuck with the right one. I mean, if you're if you're getting top eleven in a supercross, I mean, you're a very talented young man. And I'm still just blown away that you, you know, finished college and, you know, I mean, that's very impressive that you didn't just walk away and try to focus everything on moto because, I mean, that that education is so incredibly important. Yeah, we we knew all the way from, my parents told me, they're like, look, we're we're not going to let you go homeschool because you need your education because, yes, there is a chance that you can make a living at this, but there's also a very, very big chance that you might not just yeah. because in, in the sport of motocross, less than 1% that try make a living for the rest of their lives. Sure. And education is number one key in our family, and that's why we moved down to um, just moved down to Florida so I can stay in school and have training uh, right next to each other, and it worked out perfectly. 30 minutes away, there was college, right. and 
the other, other 30 minutes away, there was training facilities. So it worked out perfectly. And I've always been a number one fan of school, and I'm glad they forced me to stay in school. Yeah, you, you your parents knew what they were doing. That's good. Um, so how about outside of riding? What, what do you like to do as a hobby? I mean, I know you said you do some computer stuff. That's what you went to school for. But, like, is that what you like to do when you have free time or you go to movies? You like to wakeboard? You know, what what's your thing? Anything really kind of athletic I love to do. Uh, I love mountain biking. Like, anything. I love training. It's actually okay. the funny part. Like, my art time, I'll even go mountain biking for hours. I just love it. And my whole life, like, I, I'll go play tennis, I'll go play basketball, anything yeah. with my friends, anything we can find athletic, we'll go do. When I was a kid, me and my friend would ride our bicycles just for all day, just wouldn't even know where we're going. We're just like, oh, let's go ride. Like, where? <laughs> I don't know. Let's just, let's just ride for eight hours or all day and yeah, get yeah. home and be wiped out. That's awesome. Yeah, when I was a kid, that was big, you know. Kids don't do that anymore, so yeah. You, it's, that's fun living, man, when you're a kid, just jump on a bicycle and go. Yep, yeah, nowadays, uh, even though I love technology, a lot of kids are inside too much with yep. it. So I look, you need, to, you need to get outside, ride a bicycle to just a park somewhere and just go tear it up. Like, <laughs> totally agree, totally agree. Um, so real quick, back on Supercross, you know, there were some format changes last year with the Triple Crown. Did you get to do any of those? Yep, I did the Triple Crown. This, uh, all, yeah, I did the whole East Coast. Okay, yeah, you, I wasn't sure if you made every round. So what do you think about the Triple Crown? As a privateer, it's much more difficult to get into the main the way they do it. Um, and a lot of guys, a lot of privateers got, you know, zero TV time, which, you know, it's a bummer, man. I mean, there's no LCQ, basically. There's, you know, it, it's hard on you guys. What do you think about that format? Yeah, it is definitely different and something different for the fans that they get to switch it up and see something different. And it is kind of troubling for the privateers just because, a lot of the privateers, like myself, uh, are better at racing than mm-hmm. they are just coming on uh, coming on the practice and putting out a fast lap time. Like sometimes I'll I'll uh, qualify like twenty fifth or like twenty fourth and then get fifteenth in the main. I just I'm a better racer and I come out stronger in the sure. races. And and a lot of the times the privateers uh, are relying on the LCQs or just kind of the heat races to get our TV time to promote our sponsors and because. For the uh, privateers, they love doing the TV thing. Is we've always thought, we've always figured out that not figured out, but noticed that if you're like fourth to sixth place in the heat race, mm-hmm. you won't be on TV. But if you're on the bubble in eighth place, ninth place, you're going to be on TV. Or if you're in the LCQ, kind of winning or getting on the bubble, also you're on TV. So right. triple crown kind of triple crown kind of takes away a little bit of that. But it does give the um, the fans a little bit different perspective. Just kind of throws them into a three main format and changes it up. But I guess it's just kind of a fifty fifty thing for the win and yeah. win and lose for us. Well, I'm hoping with the new TV format on NBC with the Sports Gold app. I'm hoping they utilize that for a lot of those kind of things where they can show more content. You know, they can televise the heats during the day, and they'll all they'll be there on the app. You can watch them anytime. Um, you know, I'm really hoping they'll focus at maybe not this year since it's the first year, but hopefully they'll start having some privateer profiles. And I really think they want to do a lot with that app in the next couple of years. And, and hopefully that will benefit the privateers who don't really get the exposure they deserve. Yeah, that would be a great thing if they start doing like a privateer profile, like every each weekend, maybe because 
I I remember from, from last year watching the first uh, the the first triple crown they did is that it was the a lot of the uh, off time was just commercial after yes. commercial and you, you thought you were watching more commercials than racing like that's why I remember seeing like the Toyota like commercial like <laughs> ten times or something it's right like, oh my gosh yeah. That- that was definitely one of the big complaints of that, and I, and I think they're hopefully worked through some of that. They, I talked to Sean Brennan with Feld, and he said they've definitely tried to make some adjustments. We'll see what they are when we get to the first Triple Crown this year, but definitely, hopefully, the the NBC will utilize that app to do a lot of extra content. Yeah, I think yeah, I think they have a good um, idea with it, and mm-hmm. Feld always does great great work with everything. They they do everything well. And hopefully it'll work out a lot better this year. Well, Josh, before we let you go, as a privateer, you have a lot of sponsors that help make everything happen. Why don't you give us a list of your sponsors? Yeah, i definitely like to thank everyone at EBR Performance for helping me out. Uh, Altus Motorsports, uh, Tucker Power Sports, Dave Derringer at MX Culture, Answer Racing, Ankle Savers, Atlas Brace, 100%, Bill's Pipes, Pro Taper, VP Racing Fuels, Garnet, Recluse, uh, Ride Dunlop, uh, Drew at uh, my trainer and everyone at the Goat Farm. Thank you. And if I forgot anyone else, thank you for all your support. Definitely, those those sponsors make it possible for guys like you yourself to get to these races, and they're very important. So, uh, all the listeners need to go and support anybody that they can that helps you out, and tell them thanks for all their help with privateers. And I'd also like to thank Brett Hooper. He's been a mechanic past two years with me, and he's nothing but helpful. And he's the best mechanic out there. Thank you, man. Yeah, he he's just uh he did my suspension for me with Works Wheels and Mods. So yeah, he's he's helping out the show and great dude for sure. Yeah, he's a good guy and uh, he uh, hooked me up with this podcast. You tell me, of course. Yeah, if y'all heard something on there, you can go buy something from him. <laughs> Absolutely. I, I plan on being at a couple of the East Coast rounds, so I'll definitely search you out and we'll do a one-on-one at the track. Yeah, for sure. Come on over, and uh, definitely we'll let you come on in, and we can definitely do an interview. Thank you for letting me come on. Of course, man. Anytime. If you ever uh, want to promote anything, just let us know. We'll get you back on, but we uh, we look forward to seeing you here in a few months. Thank you so much. All right, Josh. Take care, bud. See ya. Josh Cartwright with um, EBR Performance, Altus Motorsports. Just a reminder uh, about the giveaways. So with the helmet giveaway coming up, Kirk Hunter's working on that at Extreme Colors. And we're going to be drawn for that this coming Saturday. So you only have a couple of days left to get in on that. The rules were basically tag a picture of yourself and your buddies riding with the Moto X Pod Show, Extreme Colors on Instagram, uh, and, your, and tag your buddies, and we'll pick a winner. So there's only a couple of days left. Got lots of entries, but you still have a chance to win if you want a chance to win a custom painted Fly F2 carbon helmet. Um, shit, I, I want one. So you guys should get in on that quick. And just as a reminder, also on our giveaways, it's got to be inside the continental U.S. We had to ship some stuff overseas before, and it was a lot more expensive than I realized, so I had never made that distinguish, distinguish that rule before. I didn't really realize it. But, yeah, so keep that in mind, and we're going to be doing some other stuff. We got our winner on a Churby's, which I think I told you guys earlier. Brad Ryman won the plastic from the podium. He answered the trivia question. Along with a number of other people, we drew his name today. So Brad Ryman, congratulations on winning a set of plastic from a Cherbies. Brian Fullerton over there is hooking that up. Anyway, uh, we'll be back here shortly with uh, Daniel Blair.
All right, we are back, and on the phone is one of our regular guests. Uh, he, as I always say, is the the man behind Main Event Moto Podcast. He's the frontman for the Main Event Band. He's one of my favorite TV commentators. Pretty funny guy. He's got a really rad kid. Brought to you by Fly Racing, Mr. Daniel Blair. What's up, DB? Brought to you by Fly, huh? Yeah, yeah. I like that. You okay with I that? Like fly. I'm a fly. I'm a fly guy. My son's a fly kid. Yeah. So uh, yeah, I'm good. Every once in a while, when when I'm brought to you by someone else, I I go, eh, yeah. I don't know, but fly, fly, I'll, I'll go with. I try to I try to pick our sponsors. I, I try not to have a guest brought to you by a competitor of theirs if I can help it. So since right. yeah, you know, I, unless it's somebody that I want to bust balls on, you know, like I could have had you brought to you, brought to you by X brand goggles. That would have worked. It would have been a it would have been, it would have been a bad start to the conversation. But, <laughs> well, uh, no, flies good. I, I'm, yeah. a, I'm a fly guy. I'm glad that they work with you. They work with me on a lot of different things. Right. There's a there's a reason why they are shooting to the top of the gear market. They're involved with everything and hey and um hey, and their good. reputation stands. They have good gear. Looks good. Yeah. And it's why they're taking over. This and, I mean, a co-title sponsor for Supercross and Outdoors this year. Yeah. Right, and that's huge too because I, I, I mean, as an employee of the series, for me to be involved with Fly also helps too because then I can wear Fly apparel at the track where before I had to somewhat watch what I wear. I mean, yeah, I, yeah. I have obviously my own brands that I do represent through my podcast or just my own personal old racing career turned into my son's career, which is funny conversation <laughs> itself. My son gets pretty much everything for free. Yeah, and it's just all holdovers from my career. Right. Everyone's so mad, like. How does your kid get free Scott goggles and fly gear and bell helmets? And it's like, it's just a carryover, man. He's he's a lucky little what, well, and he's not even the lucky one. I'm the lucky one because I'm the one that has to pay for it anyway. <laughs> exactly. So it's, it's, they're, they're essentially just sponsoring me still, right? And uh, I'll take it. So I love that flies involved with you guys. Um, yeah. They're going to be part of Main Event Moto for 2019. Nice. And um, yeah, being a part of Supercross, that's a huge step for them. Just. I mean, you're on the biggest stage now, and they're taking taking a huge spot. And I know that they're investing a lot, and, and I'm, I I think the return will be great for those guys for sure. I hope so, man. You know, and you mentioned this a minute ago. I was going to kind of wait to the end of the interview to ask about this, but you said as an employee of Supercross, um, so uh, things have been kind of we're getting late, man. We're a week and a half away with no announcements. Do you know what you're doing for 2019 Supercross? Yes, I'm uh, I'm the 32nd board girl. Oh, nice! So they br- they're bringing Mr. Supercross back. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Mr. Supercross. And if they actually got a good look at my body right now after this Christmas holiday, I'd probably get cut real quick. Right. <laughs> they might have to lower that halter top. Yeah, they might have to make some modifications <laughs> to my outfit. Um, no, I, I I'm not really at liberty to make announcements for sure. them and for the entire package on what's going on with Supercross, but. I can and will say this. If if you're a fan of my commentating, then you'll be happy because I'm going to be talking a lot on Saturday and Saturday night. If you don't like me, well, then press that mute button, people, because <laughs> I'm going to be talking a lot on Saturday uh, and Saturday night. So, no, I, I'm good. I'm set and ready to go for the season. That's yeah. just not my position to announce. I understand. You know, exactly what I'm doing and, and where everything's going. And, and obviously, the the calendar is what it is. We're, you're all going to find out very soon. Yeah, it's crazy that we still are so... I mean, the TV package just got announced, and really the the announcers, though, 
have not been announced. I mean, like, I wonder if they're just going to wait till the A1 and be like, surprise. <laughs> when it just comes on TV. Yeah. <laughs> no, yeah. I, I can tell you just from my conversations with everybody over there, this is a huge transition year yeah. for a lot of reasons. The schedule of the series came late because of the two new cities they were going into, and that, that's not just a simple, hey, let's go here. And not, I mean, there's a lot of T's to cross and I's to dot. So that took a while. The, the, the Obviously, the NBC deal is now public. I think that came out what, a week or two ago. Yeah, yeah. Um, and the same thing. I mean, that's a huge change. It's just like a... You know, hey, let's add a class at the local rate. This is we're talking huge deal here. I mean, it's a major change, and they were, you know, they were with Fox Sports forever, and Speed was part of that. I mean, it was a whole package deal that had gone on for over a decade. So, mm-hmm. a lot of changes. Those things take a lot more time than I think everybody would like. But at the end of the day, we're we're going racing in ten days, and it's going to be on NBC, and it's, it's going to be awesome. I mean, I, a lot of the attention is getting taken off of what's really the greatest part of 2019, which is this field, oh, yeah. um, the rookie class, the the debate over who the real favorites are and who's not a favorite, and is Anderson was last year legit. I mean, there's so many questions and so much. There's just so much content coming. Yes. And everyone's yep. freaking out a little bit, and it's, you all need to calm down because in 10 <laughs> days the gate drops, we go racing, and then it's going to be a madhouse for 17 weeks. So. I think we're all good. Yeah, I'm excited. As of right now, pretty much everybody's healthy. I got a question today that asked if I could find out if Eli was okay, because apparently he had a practice crash, but I can't find any info on that. I, uh, I texted Vanessa O'Brien with Kawasaki today and got zero response. So I don't know, but as far as I know, everybody's at least 90% healthy, and I don't know where Marvin's at. Um, but yeah, I'm, this is so far, man, we're, we're going into A1 locked and loaded. I think so. Um, there's a lot of things about this sport that I love. And there's a few things that I absolutely can't stand. And it's the keeping things like that secret. It, yep. you know, and in the NFL and the NBA, when someone's hurt, you know about it. There, there's, there's reasons that they have to disclaim those kinds of things. And in our sport, it's, it's not that way. And these teams like to protect their riders. The riders protect themselves. They don't, and I get it to a point. I mean, I, there was a point in my arena cross later stages where I was kind of nursing a little bit of a knee injury mm-hmm. and the last thing I would want to do is admit that because then people are coming at you in the corner where they know you're sensitive and not to hit you but just they know that you can't maybe hit your left handers as aggressive because you won't put your leg out okay so they'll make more aggressive moves on that side like I get hiding those things yeah but what I don't like is when there isn't a problem and there's no like announcement like, hey, we're good. Like like for Marvin, we all know, well, we think we all know that he had a little knee injury, whatever. Okay, is he good? Like, where's the Instagram videos? There's no right, right. Tomac. Where's the Instagram video? And if they're legitly injured and not on the bike, then I, I don't know. I'd like to know about it. But, but again, in our sport, there's so many secrets when it comes to a lot of things. And that one bugs me the most because as a, I mean, for me, as a member of the communication of this sport, I would like to know what I'm working with. And if yes. Eli's having a bad night at round one, I would like to know why. I mean, I, give me an opportunity to sell your story to the public. And if your story is that you're nursing an injury, but you're fighting through it, that's an awesome story. Like, I, I need, I'd like to know that stuff. And I, that's the one part of our sport that it's like, I, it's like 20%, I get it, and 80%, I'm like, just come on, guys. Like, yeah. be honest. Like, give us a chance to sell you 
um, and your situation for what it is. I mean, it's like, it's, it's silly to me, but it is what it is. Well, you mentioned this a minute ago, and I've heard this on a number of occasions, and you rode at the highest level. I mean, you were a factory Geico rider. You, you won an, an arena cross championship. You can make fun of it a little bit, joking, saying you were older, and it was just a regional series. But the, re- the reality is you won a national championship number, in my opinion. It's, it's, but if you have an injury, if a guy like Eli or anybody goes in with an, an injury and announces that, are there really competitors that would zero in on that physically and try to injure, do you think? or, or, or? No. Okay. No. And I don't think it's for those reasons. So I'll give you an example. In arena cross, you're going to the whoops. Mm-hmm. You go into a tight left-hand corner. When you're feeling it, you blitz through those whoops. You lay it over that corner, and you're going wide open. No one's going to hit you in that corner because it's going to be, I would say, slightly on the dangerous side because you're you're on the acceleration. Right. Okay. If you have a left ankle or left knee injury and people know about it, then they're not afraid to come in and at least – scare you, maybe make contact. I'm not saying they're going to go and try to torpedo the injury, right. but when they know you're weak, they will make more aggressive moves on certain parts of the track because they know that you're nursing something that takes away your ability to be aggressive. So that's what I mean by that. I don't think anyone would target somebody. I mean, if they would, they're complete douchebag. Exactly. But I think they could still use an injury to an advantage in the middle of a battle when they know somebody's got something holding them back from being themselves. So... Again, I get hiding that stuff. You don't want to give it away. But at the same time, we all kind of find out. Right. And then you just Eventually. look silly when you deny it all the time. Like, is he just, no, no, he's 100% fine. Okay, then, then why is he riding like 80% of himself? And, yeah. and again, it gives media, like you, it gives um, the TV crew, it gives, it gives everybody, it, it takes away our ability to, again, sell a story and yep. be like, hey, this is the toughest sport in the world. You like Tomac or whoever it is is nursing an injury. This is the kind of sport where, guess what, they don't run to the sidelines and they're done or they don't, you know, throw a yellow yeah. flag. In our sport, we tough it out. He's got a broken ankle and he's still riding to salvage points and he's still got a fifth. Unbelievable. Like, we can sell that story and create, um, I-, I would say, just – cooler characters out of the guys that we have. And that's where the injury thing, you, you got to ride the fine line. Um, if the guy really is hurt, you don't want to know about it. But if it's just like a little, if it's something they're going to ride through, we need to know about it. Yeah. Um, it just, it, it helps us do our job better. And maybe I'm, maybe I'm being a little on the selfish side, but no, I don't again, think so. It, it's for their, it's for their benefit in my opinion. Well, and I think the way they handle it now sometimes backfires when you don't know they are sick or you don't know they have an injury and they have a bad night and then they go, oh, well, I was sick. Well, then you should have said that ahead of time because now it sounds like an excuse. Yeah, well, they, well, they don't want to say anything until it looks bad. But right. again, coming into the season, there's a lot of mystery and at that highest of all level when you're fighting for a championship, you don't want to give up the edge to the sure. other guy. But, but at the same time, I, I think... A little transparency um, could go a long way for for the rider himself and the team, but that's that's their call, not ours. So, it's yeah. what it is. Well, I know recently on your show, yourself and producer Joe and your brother Vincent and Hobo Nick and all the the cast of uh, main event. Uh, the Batcave, the guys in the Batcave. You, you guys all picked, you know, who you thought, you know, who's going to do what. But I'd like to kind of just get into that a little bit more. Uh, maybe let's get more mid-pack. You know, the guys that we aren't talking about so much. Um, yeah, guys like Dino and and Benny Bloss and uh, you know Baggett and 
even your boy Jacob Hayes, um, you know, like wh- what do you expect out of some of these guys realistically? I, I know you're big on Jacob. Can he get a podium? Can he win? I think it's funny because he was at my house for Christmas. He's, yep. he's been in my house for four days. So I'm, I'm very in the know of where he's at physically, emotionally, um, you know, everything. But I really can't put my finger on it because he's 25 years old and he's going to be raised. Well, yeah, he just turned 25. He's going to be racing his first Supercross. Mm-hmm. So he's a rookie, yet he's prepared for Supercross uh, for however many years as he prepares for Arena Cross. He rides Supercross. He has the speed of the top guys, but he's never done it. So I, if he goes out at round one and gets fifth, I, I'm not going to be surprised. I think a lot of other people would because they'd be like, what the heck? Yeah. For me, I wouldn't be. But if I was to really pick his range, I would say in the three to eight range to start. And then from there, I don't know. It depends on how he handles a situation. If Supercross becomes overwhelming, like it does a lot of rookies, then maybe he's on the back end of that in the eight to 10 range. If he uses his maturity and his experience in his race craft and he gets right in there and goes, Hey, I might be a rookie, but this is just dirt bike racing. And I've, you know, I've, yeah. I've actually been here for a long time. Then I could see him more in the three to five range. It's funny because if you compare him to Garrett Marchbanks, they're both rookies. Yet one is seventeen or eighteen, the other one's twenty five. <laughs> right. So I think that they would handle. They're both probably nervous going into round one, but I think that they would handle the results differently based on what they find out when they get there. And and that's where you're really going to find out. Someone like Jacob Hayes, does he go? Oh my God, I'm nervous, but I got through Anaheim, and this is nothing. I yeah, got, yeah. I'm I'm experienced. I'm good. And then he makes his run towards the podium, or does he go in and then treat it like an eighteen-year-old and go, "Oh my God, I just need time doing this." It, that's we'll find out. I, mean, and I can't wait because I think on the bike, I think he's more than ready. It's just more emotionally, can he handle the pressure of being a rookie when he is one by experience, but isn't one by age? Right. You know I mean? So I just thought of this as you're sitting here talking. You know, I'm. I clearly have never raced Supercross or Arena Cross, but in my mind, even though Arena Cross is kind of considered like the 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 minors, it's a lot. Seems like it's a lot more hectic. It's much more narrow, a lot less room. Got to be probably much more aggressive. It almost seems to me like Supercross would be like, holy crap! I have so much more room, more time to breathe. It might almost be easier. Is the word that comes to mind? That's probably not right. But what do you think about that? No, I, I think what you're saying is that they are comparable and almost there's almost an advantage to the route that he's going. Yes. From the tight track to the bigger track. And if you watch him this summer, he raced one outdoor national and he got 11th overall on a bone stock 450. Right. That tells you that he's not an arena cross guy. I, I mean, that's what he's been in his pro career because that's where he ended up. But he actually is really, really good. He's won Loretta Lynn's a couple times. He, he It's not like he's an indoor specialist. In fact, if you ask him, and I, I'll somewhat argue with him, he says arena cross is what he's the worst at. He can't stand the tight tracks because he just feels congested and mm-hmm. he's had problems in the grouping. I mean, he he says supercross is like the perfect mix for him because it's got the the technical side of it, like arena cross is, and where racecraft really comes into play and aggression, which he really is. But it is freed up, and it allows him to be himself more, which is more of a, you know, he was an amateur star who came up winning Loretta Lynn's. I mean, the, the dude knows how to call the mail, but now he has some room. So he says Supercross of the three things is actually his best, and he's 
He's nervous because he hasn't raced one yet, but he's excited because he's riding on tracks that he actually feels the most comfortable on. Yeah. Yes, coming from Arena Cross to Supercross, there is this feeling of, like, freedom where you just, like, oh, my God, there's room everywhere. And for him going to the West Coast, because he's going to race West, they're even a little bit bigger on the West Coast because you're in the baseball stadium more. So he is uh, he's pretty excited to open it up and, and, and do the, the style of racing that he's used to, but with way more space. Yeah, well, that, I'm looking forward to seeing what he does. I'm excited. You you have me more fired up on him than anybody. You've been a big, big <laughs> That's a advocate. Bad thing, though. I'm such a homer, man. Like, I mean, it's he's okay. family to me. Like I said, yeah, he, yeah. he's on the West Coast for Christmas, so he comes and stays at our sure. house. If it rains in SoCal, he comes and stays at our house. Like, he's like a family member. It's really, really hard for me. So if you're a if you're a fantasy guy and you're wanting to know what to do with Hayes, don't listen to me. I'm <laughs> way too high on him. Because right. He's like a little brother to me. So I'm I'm. I'm way more of a believer, and I'd be the first one to scream and cuss him out if he doesn't ride well at Anaheim, too. So it's, I'm just, just, if you want an opinion, don't ask me. Okay. Well, let's jump into a couple, like, well, how about his teammate? Uh, I think Matt Bichelia is on that team also, correct? Yeah, Matt Bichelia is a 450 guy, yep. um, and Brandon Hartraff is the East Coast guy. Yes. From what I understand, they've all been riding together. So um, I know... Ooh, if you're going to ask me a technical question on Bichelia, I, I really don't have an answer, because I, I don't I just don't know. I, right. I know that him and Hayes, they've, they've ridden together a couple days, but they're not really on the same program where sure. Jacob and Brandon Hartraff, they're more on a day-to-day, do-the-same-thing kind of deal. So I really don't know about Bichelle. As far as where he's at on the bike, I have no idea. Okay, how about this HEP Motorsports team? They they got a pretty good group of you know night show guys, um, guys that can make the main events. Uh, Chiz is, you know, pretty consistently makes the, the main events. Uh, Adam... And Tignap and Alex Ray also. What do you think about a team like that? I think uh, Dustin Pipes is doing. I think it's a great thing that he's doing. He's got a, you know another team that's in the in the paddock now and year two for them, and they, they've made a step up uh, in theory, in my opinion, anyway. Well, I let's let's take a, a, a different approach on this one. Okay. So as far as on the track and results go, I, I'm not 100% sure. We'll have to see how the season shakes down. I know it's starting out super stacked. It's usually tougher for guys at that caliber. But can we applaud Dustin Pipes and those guys for putting together the most popular, <laughs> coolest, hippest privateer team? I mean, if you're looking for to put together a team and you're a privateer team, if you can't get your hands on a guy who's going to be in the top ten, then you really should do exactly what they did, which is guys who are they're, they're fringe main event guys, but they have incredible personalities, incredible followings. Um, I just, when they started putting that team together, I was like, God, this genius. I mean, this is what you would do. I mean, that's why people always give me a hard time because I'm friends with Stank Dog, but it's like, look, if I can't get a guy who's going to win me races, then I want Stank Dog. I mean, I got I to gotta represent sponsors. I got to grow the brand of the team. You go after guys who are popular and have appeal to the fans, and that that team is just—it's just genius. You got Chisholm, who is a legit vet rider who can get you in the main event, probably more than not. Uh, he's got number eleven on his bike, so obviously there's—I mean, that's there's reach there. Um, you know, there's appeal, and then of course you get seven deuce deuce, who unfortunately can't call him that anymore, at least for a year. And A Ray, and then of course, and then you go get the French guy back. So you cover the other continent too. It's just, Super awesome! Yeah, what a genius approach to putting together a roster when you're trying to get sponsors, build sponsors, retain sponsors. Yes, and you're a privateer team, and you're on the up. You're trying to grow your brand in the pits. It, I just, 
I don't know. I, I think it was just smart on their part. The team is awesome. I mean, if you want to just go hang out, and that's probably like one of the first pits you'd ever want to go to. Oh yeah, it's. I think it's so smart on their part. I've told all those guys that's where I'm going to spend most of my time. First of all, Chiz is my guy. Yeah. I'm I'm Team Chiz. That's that's my guy. And then you know Alex and and Adam are just great guys, and you know that. I'm sure that uh, Adam's brother Tyler is going to be hanging out over there, and it's just going to be a lot of fun. Yeah, it's smart move on their part. And yep. as far as on the track goes, it's. I mean, if I had to take a guess, uh, A Ray's going to smash some stuff up. <laughs> um, Chisholm's going to be solid as a rock, and you yeah. can barely know he's out there, but he'll be in there every single time. Um, with Entignap, I just you never know with him. He's he's a talented rider, and he's so fringe, and it's like one of those things where when he makes a main. It's so huge, and when he doesn't, it's still like good. I don't know. Something about that guy. It's just, you, it's just always positive, no matter what. And it's just, it's just cool. It's a good team, and I, I think that they're going to have a cool season. I think they're going to get a lot of press. Um, it's, it's awesome. And and, I'm, and I go long a long ways back with Dustin Pipes too. And I, I've known him forever. And I, I just, again, I, I I applaud their approach to putting together their roster. It's just, it's just smart for marketing, man. It's, it was a good move. Totally agree. Um, yeah, I'm very excited about the team. Well, I guess in my last, uh, I don't know how much you know about uh, what TPJ is doing this year, but Ted has expanded his his efforts by adding, I think, another truck where they're bringing guys in that aren't necessarily under that tent with all his sponsors. They can bring their own sponsors, but he's helping basically privateers get to the races. And, um, you know, Ted's a Texan. He's he's from our area. He's done a lot for our show. And Ben LeMay is part of that program this year. And John Short. And what do you think about what Ted does for the industry and the sport as a whole? Uh, I think it's awesome. I mean, you got to look at the sport from two angles. Okay, so when you're trying to grow the sport to the masses, you obviously got to put a lot of press and a lot of push on the Tomax, the Andersons, the Roxons, you, you, I think we gotta, as a, as a sport, do better at helping these stars create their brand to where we can get them into the public eye more. That, that's one side of it. Mm-hmm. Then you have the other side, which is almost like, it's like the fuel of the sport. It's what keeps things going. And, and I hate the term gate filler because it, it sounds bad, but there are guys that do fill the gate. They don't necessarily get the attention of the stars. They don't get the results. They don't get the money of the stars. But they do fill the gate, and those are almost like the lifeblood and the most important part of the sport. Because without them, it just does It wouldn't look good having just fifteen stars and then nobody else. No, for sure. So the rest of the gate, the rest of the gate are. I mean, that, that's that's the fuel behind this engine that is Supercross. So not only do I applaud the individuals who go out on their own, which is what I was. I was a guy who would always suck it up, get out in a van, get some local sponsors to give me some cash and pay entry fees, and I would be out there. But the guys like, like Parks and just, I mean, there's these groups out there that are trying to organize this thing to where we can get a bunch of those guys out there and give them a better chance to, you know, afford it, get there, grow their brand, try to move up the ladder. It's just huge. It's so big for our sport, and it's sometimes we get so caught up in the stars, which I understand we should because they are they are the – they're the shiny diamond in this thing, right? They're the thing yeah. that's going to get us the most attention outside of just the diehard fan. So, obviously, I get it. But these guys, it's the lifeblood. And for Teddy Parks and um, even Hep Motorsports and AJE Motorsports and all these different programs and teams that are just surviving, but for whatever reason, they just, every year, they make it happen. 
I mean, they're, it's huge. They're, they're, they're probably the most important part of what we do in this sport. No, I, I agree. And that's why I brought those guys up because they are, they're the lifeblood, you know, the, you know, the heart of it. Uh, you know, like you said, they don't get the attention all the time unless something crazy happens in the LCQ. But, um, but without those guys, I agree. I think the sport would just, it wouldn't be what it is. It, the, the gate being half full would be lame. It wouldn't look like a professional sport. And these guys, I mean, they deserve, they deserve their chance, their time, because they work their butts off just as hard. And some of those guys have day jobs and still are making night shows. And, you know, they, they deserve a lot more attention than they get. Yeah, I agree. And, and I think for the most part, it's gotten a lot better. Yeah, um, oh yeah, definitely. I mean, with Steve at Paul, Paul, he's done a really good job, and he did this a few years back where he really shifted his focus over to, you know, the privateer profile and mm-hmm. and, and kind of promoting. I mean, hey, I, as much as I don't want to give Steve the credit for it, <laughs> I, look at the look at the riders that he has turned into a little stuff. I mean, Seven Deuce Deuce, I think, would have been pretty cool no matter what. But without Steve, I don't think it would have gotten as far as it got. And same with A-Ray. I mean, Steve's done a good job at getting these guys who have great personalities, finding them, and promoting them to the diehard fan and helping them get a little extra, you know, juice in their career. And, and there's more of them out there, and I think we've got to find them and promote them. And, that, you know, through your show, my show, I mean, for me, Kevin Moran's was a big one. I yes. found him in Arena Cross. Yep. I was like, God, this kid's got the best personality ever, and he's just doing this thing so raw and then you know, we did a we did a fundraiser made him some money to help him pay fuel to keep going we got to find these guys out there and promote them and give them a, you know help them build their brand so that they can continue doing what they do which is again fueling the sport so it's it's i think they're getting the attention i, I think we're doing a really good job of it as a sport and uh and overall i it's one of those things where i think they're getting more attention every single year and it's happening happening naturally where we don't have to force it it doesn't feel forced we're just kind of pushing these guys and helping them grow as the sport grows i, I think overall we're doing a pretty good job at it agreed um so the last thing i guess and it, it kind of ties in what we just talked about nbc we talked about this the new tv package they have the nbc sports gold app which most of us have experienced for the last two years with nationals uh commercial free a lot more commentating you don't miss anything um, but also, I hope in the future, probably not year one, according to Sean Brennan with Feld, but hopefully they can utilize that app for amateur day on Sunday for maybe some privateer profile things, some other things that you may not see on the the live NBC broadcast or the, you know, the tape delayed or whatever, but just maybe the opportunity to, to do a lot more content, hopefully, uh, you know, race day live and get some more, you know, more coverage. Who knows what they can do with this app, but I am very excited about what the possibilities are. Okay, so I'm obviously not in a position where I can reveal things. Mm-hmm. I can't drop press releases for them. That's not my job. It's, 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 that's above my responsibilities. But I, I feel like I can at least give you guys a little bit of insight on how things go over there. Okay. Um, because I don't think it gets talked about enough. The guys that failed, and I, and I deal with them... <laughs> like a lot. Okay. They are aggressively trying to grow the sport. I mean, through the amateur, again, they got a hard time over the arena cross thing. The public freaked out over arena cross yet. They are dumping more resources into amateur futures than they ever did into arena cross because they're trying to prepare the youth to ride on the tracks. that there's something in a race on, they do it for two reasons. One to help these guys grow their brand younger. 
for two to help them become better, safer riders so that we can have less injuries as these guys move up. They are in every avenue, whether it be promotion, um, online marketing, the TV package, every single aspect of what they're doing is aggressively trying to grow this thing. And, and that's one thing that I, I, I can't stress enough. And I don't, I don't go on vital as much anymore these days because I, I, I got to keep my hair for the job that I do, and it makes me want to rip it all out when I go on there half the time. Right. But sometimes when I scroll over there and I read some things and some of the comments, I'm just like, guys, you don't realize that some things you might not like because you're looking at it on the surface, and there's bigger things at play. And that's what people need to realize, that there is a growth plan. Um, there's a huge vision for how we can continue to grow this. But remember, as every sport pretty much in the world is dying in viewership, this one's growing, okay? There's a lot of moves, pieces at play here that are keeping that going, and there's plans for the future. And all you got to think about is this. Whenever you see what's going on, just think one step deeper and realize <laughs> that there are things in motion to help this go to the next level. It's being done, and, and I think people need to not have that immediate reaction when they see a press release they don't like right? and realize that there are five steps down the line already being planned. Like, well, there's way more at stake. Even with the NBC thing, I see people freaking out online. It's like, this is year one, and we just got the deal completed. Do you think they signed one-year deals with TV companies? I mean, come on, guys. You don't realize that there's so much more at stake here and so much, so much bigger of a vision, and there's so much more coming down the line just – be patient and realize that the sport's in pretty good hands. This thing's been growing every single year in every single facet. Participation, maybe not as much, but there's other reasons for that. Yeah. Uh, but as far as the, the, the eyes on this sport, whether it be live attendance, TV attendance, I mean, you name it, this thing's growing. Have a little faith. Like, <laughs> we're all good. This thing is this thing's getting better, and maybe that's what people don't like. Just that it's growing or something. No, I but think it's, it's doing it's doing well. People just do, like you say, they have that knee-jerk reaction. And then when it comes to, you know, they, they feel like they're being charged for something that technically they got for free, even though they had to pay a direct TV package or whatever. Now they're paying a little extra. But really, if you, we do that anyway. We pay for Netflix. We pay for Hulu. We pay for satellite radio. We pay for this, you know. And, I mean, to pay, I don't remember what it was, 50 bucks, 60 bucks that I just paid for the NBC <laughs> thing. To be able to watch that, you know, to watch it whenever I want is because I don't have DirecTV anymore. I got rid of that a couple years ago. I, if I don't, if I don't have a DVR anymore, then I can't record my 49ers and I can't record Supercross and watch it later. So now I have, I have that opportunity with this and I really do believe that they will add material content to this app over time that you would never had before. And I, yeah, I think it's, it's going to be, fantastic and you don't have to pay for it you know you don't have to right. get it you could yes there's a couple races that are i guess they're tape delayed I, I haven't really paid that much attention to the tv schedule but i mean it's it's not the end of the world it's not like 15 years ago when two weeks later at midnight on espn2 supercross highlights came on you know right. so we, we got to see uh like highlights of, of heat one and the main event and that was it so right it, well and, and i'll and i'll throw this in this is just this is the way I think. This is it. I haven't gotten this from them. This is just my brain kind mm -hmm. of churning in the moment. But if you look at anything, you got to look 15, 20 years down the line. And, and in all honesty, where's TV going? Yeah, where's it, it going? It paid packages, it's, paid individuals. It's going to streaming. It's yes. going online. It, 
the world is changing. This isn't a supercross change. This is a world change. Okay, a lot of things are changing. What's it going to look like in 10 years, 15, 20? And maybe there's certain, I mean, they, maybe they're just getting a leg up on things that are coming in the future and just where they have their, you know, they're not blindsided by it, by the fact that TV in itself is dying. And again, that goes back to the growth. I mean, every sport in, I mean, I don't know one that is not suffering right now in viewership. The NFL, NBA, Major League Baseball, NASCAR, I mean, you hear about it. I mean, everything's going down, yet we're going up. Right. It's it's all good. And for those that are bummed that they have to pay for something now, the truth is, no, you don't. There is no rule that says you have to pay for it. It's still on television. Yeah. Um, it's just for those who want more access and want it the way they want it, when they want it, um, they have the opportunity. It's not like, hey, Supergirls are gone, you have to pay for it. To get. No, that is for the people who want to have it their way, when they want it, and how they want it. And I think it's awesome. And everybody that I've talked to, and that's from diehard fan to a casual viewer, is, I mean, my casual friends who are just getting the Supergirls are like, yo, but what do I got to do? How do I get to get what I got to do? And I tell them, and they're like, that's it? Yeah. Can I get every round? Yep. Okay. Like, it's not even a question. So I think you're always going to hear the most noise from the people who are most upset. And that's fine. That's just how it's always going to be. But I really don't think that the people are that pissed off about it. It's not a bad deal. I mean, my mom just bought NBC, you know, the NBC Sports Gold app. It's, it didn't even blink. It's not that big of a deal. And that's just so she can watch her son. Like, she didn't even watch the race. Right, right. So, um, so uh, again, it's, I think there's a lot of hot noise and, yeah. and, and in reality, six weeks into this series, no one's going to say a damn word about it. Everyone's going to be fired up over an insane 2019 because, because at the end of the day, it all goes back to the track and I, I think we are set up for an unreal season. I mean, I say that every year cause I'm just, a, I'm such a diehard in the series, but really right. with the rookies coming in four, maybe five favorites that should be winning races and winning championships and a bunch of fringe guys. It's in, it's it's just set up so good. And I think once we get into this thing and get out of this ridiculously long off season that is just driving people mad, <laughs> the, the mood will shift back to the racing. And yeah. It's going to be awesome. So Fantastic. Cannot wait. A1, almost here. Um so yeah, um, I appreciate you coming on tonight. Uh, you were kind of—I added you last minute, and you always take time for us, and I appreciate it. Um, I know you've got some big things coming with main event that you'll be probably announcing here in the near future. So I look forward to that because um, I, I, I don't like it when your show's not on. I miss it every week. I know your <laughs> listeners do. Um, you know, I, I like to hear what Mountain Man has to say, and and so you know, we're, we're missing out. Yeah, well, we're. I mean, to make you, uh, to satisfy your, your needs, we're back on once the season starts and we're every single week. So it's, uh, the off season's tough for us. Yeah. But once we get going, we get going. I mean, we're, our show, the way we do things, we don't have the writer guests on. We don't do that Not as much. Yet. It's more about us in the studio. So for us, we're, we're content driven. And in the off season, like, it's harder for us to do our thing. So we just, we slow it down and we, we create that, that want. And then when the season starts, we come out swinging. And, I mean, our, our, our show has grown every single year. Mm-hmm. I mean, I know your guys is growing, too. Again, goes back to what I'm saying. Everything is on the growth right now. Everyone, it's, it's all good, people. We're, the sport's growing. Content's growing. The, you know, the Whiskey Throttle show just came out. Yeah. Um, it's just uh, Vital's doing their podcast. Transville's it. It just, it, man, if you're a fan of this sport, 
things are pretty good right now. I, I really think if you take a step back and realize what's going on, like we we got it good. This sport is, I mean, good luck. Take one week off and you're lost. That, that's how much content there is out there. Right. That's how good things are right now. There's a lot out there. And um, just buckle up. It's 10 days away and it's four months of psychotic uh, entertainment. That's that's. That's how I end this. Well, I'm looking forward to it, and I will see you in a week and a half or so at A1. Sounds good, man. Safe travels. I'll see you soon. Okay. Tell, tell Evan I said what up. I will. Later. All right. See you, bud. All right. It's Daniel Blair. Um, once again, that's episode 105. Appreciate you guys listening. Support our sponsors, as always. Um, yeah, here we go. Torque One Racing, Shock Socks, MX Girl Designs, All Sport Dynamics, Mad Jack Synthetics, Fly Racing, Power Band Racing, and Works Wheels and Mods. If you if you have WP suspension, go to Power Band Racing. If you have any other suspension, check out Works Wheels and Mods. If you need anything Cerakoted, Brett Hooper with Works Wheels and Mods will help you out. Enter the helmet uh, giveaway, please. Listen to the podium. I'll have one of those coming out tomorrow and probably an extra show tomorrow night, hopefully with Zach Osborne and... Uh, Dr. G. But anyway, that's that's it for us tonight. Thanks.